coming to a theater near you and Disney Premiere Plus. It's the Media Masterminds. We are back. Legend Pop Paul joining me this week, the returning master of magnetism, Mr. Benjamin Rose. Put that magnet on my arm. Did it stick? I uh, wouldn't know. Wouldn't know, yes, my friend. Yes. yes. It's good to be oh. back. I almost didn't make it. I almost uh, did, broke broke past the uh, sound barrier and went right past it to tomorrow. <laughs> it almost went through Flashpoint, where the media masterminds didn't exist. Yeah, it was our parents that did the show instead. <laughs> that would be that would be quite the show. I can only imagine your father and my father doing a show. It would that, it probably it would probably have been better than this show is. We'd be peeing ourselves within the first 30 seconds. Can't top the legends, the true legends. <laughs> that was a better thought as what it would be. I was going to say it would be like Parisi and, and like Mike doing a show together. Two people that don't even listen to the show, but, you know, they think God they should damn it. Oh, you guys talk about Transformers, though, right? <laughs> my kind of show, my kind of show. Yeah, what's your favorite episode? Uh, that new one <laughs> that just came out that's our favorite that one that's uh, put my cock in my mouth <laughs> kid show sorry kid show no you you always say that and they're always explicit every week but... oh that's why I say it tongue in cheek <laughs> literally so we don't have a real set schedule since we do spoiler shows and everything like that but this is the episode that would usually be uh a specialty show, a best of, a simply the best, a spoiler show, but this week is not. So Benny is back. We're going to go through our normal format. We might not have as much to talk about in some areas, uh, but we're going to go through the news. Uh, Benny has a pick, what we're watching, and we don't have any real spoiler discussion to talk about. We can talk about, depending, time permitting, on uh, In the Search of Darkness on Shudder, since we both have watched it. Shutter is not a sponsor of the show, by the way. They can be for the right price, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, depending on how long we run, I guess we can talk that in spoilers. But is it really spoilers? That It's a documentary about movies in the 80s. So it's really maybe just yeah, a an expanded, expanded coverage. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. So let's go right into the news. Then Why don't you start? I know you're excited for this movie. You're very excited. It's your most anticipated movie of the year. Well, it's weird because it's it's one of my favorite Marvel characters, but, you know, I have to take what we can get. So we have officially got There Will Be Carnage Venom trailer. I had to say it backwards because, you know, it's not a Venom movie anymore. Now it's going to be Venom and Carnage, buddy cop film. You know, uh, it was definitely a cool trailer for what it is. I mean, I don't like him as Eddie Brock. That's fine. That's what we have. That's what we'll deal with. Um, We'll see when that gets rebooted down the line, you know, when uh, Sony gets bought by Disney eventually. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there were some cool tongue-in-cheek parts in the beginning. You and I spoke offline and about when he's in the, uh, the grocery store and, you know, like he's got that symbiote partnership where they talk to each other and cooking breakfast in the in the apartment and like very 
Pee Wee's Big Adventure. In my that's like what I saw. But uh, yeah, we finally see Carnage. I mean, there's no spider on the chest, understandably so. But it's like, you know, you have that moment of hope. It's like, can we find an excuse? Like, I have a good excuse. I'll sell you on it real quick. You know, connect the dots because if you saw, you know, when you speak about it, you let me know if there was some loose connective tissue to the MCU, but they say that it's not. Um, there's ways they could definitely have did it without having Spider-Man in the movie, but uh, I'll watch it, of course. I didn't see the first one in the theater, so I don't know if this will be a movie I'll see in the theater, but right. we will see. How about you? I, I thought the trailer was all right. And when you say buddy cop, I think the buddy cop dynamic is Venom and Eddie Brock more so than Carnage and and Venom. I don't know if you were leading, which way you were leading with that. I was leading with Carnage in a sense, because it's like, yeah. Yeah, it seems like the movie's going to be, you know, Woody Harrelson's character trying to like befriend him. But then like, it's almost like a Batman Joker relationship from what I see in the trailer. I don't know yeah. enough about Carnage. But it seems like he's trying to like be one with him yeah. too, in a sense. So, I I I also don't think, based on my knowledge of Carnage, I don't think they're going with the comic book storyline where Carnage, his symbiote, is a offspring of Venom in the comics because it comes so off of him in the prison, right? And then that's how it yeah. connects him when he's in. Yeah, the- I, I, yeah. Somehow I don't recall how exactly. I know they did that in the '90s cartoon, but in the in the movie, it, it makes it seem like he's injected with it. I don't. I mean, this could be just a trailer or what, but maybe maybe it's a separate symbiote because the first movie had those multiple symbiotes and they had their own fucking names and they're from this other planet and they try it's really going anxiety. a little bit too sci-fi with like I don't know. They had their own independent personalities and. He was being bullied and this and that. So maybe the Carnage symbiote is this fucking, I don't know, all powerful symbiote. Bully. Yeah, the biggest bully of them all. The one that pulled Venom's pants over his head in the fucking schoolyard or something <laughs> like that. Um, just picturing that. I, I'm, I, I still, like, like, like you said, he's your fav- one of your favorites in the, the, the Marvel. World, I guess, because it's not the MCU, the Marvel just creation, the whole comic book world, and he he used to be one of mine, and then I kind of just had a falling out with the character as a whole. I think maybe because he got a little too popular, and everybody loved him, and then they put him in Spider Man Three, and it wasn't done well, and I kind of had a falling out. But I liked the first movie for what it was worth. It's obviously not an MCU movie. Uh, but I'll check this out. I like Woody Harrelson. I thought the trailer looked decent enough. I mean, you, you can't expect too much, but people, I think, are already raising the bar between what some of the things you said that they might be tied together. I don't think they're going to be tied together. I think they're just Easter eggs because they right. had the Daily, the Daily Bugle logo from the Sam Raimi uh, franchise in there. And like as he's turning a page, I think you could read Avengers on one of the things. Right. I think that's just for fans, right? I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think that's the easy, that's so easy way out. Because then yeah. you have to. I mean, yourself, how, you know? how can you say it's in the Raimi universe when Venom existed in his universe already? If that character never showed up, it would it would be a be, it would have better ground to stand on, right? Right. Well, 
to play devil's advocate, and obviously Joe won't like this because I know he doesn't believe in the multiverse. But, you know, if Sony has come to some sort of agreement, because I remember reading something a while back about the agreement they have with Spider-Man where he's going to be the main character that's going to be able to jump between the movies. Right. So if they explore that with the multiverse, potentially tying universes, I know I've mentioned my points on something you didn't really agree with, which was like the whole Spider-Man 2 um, kind of that New York kind of meshing with ours, almost making like a newer version, mixing the two, um, having that kind of New York exist. But maybe that new that that the Daily uh, Daily Bugle, I was gonna say Daily Planet, shoot me in the foot. Um, if that Daily Bugle newspaper is reminiscent of, let's say, the MCU version, but they're just using that Raimi, you know, visual per se, yeah. you, like you said, we are getting uh, J. Jonah, which already is in that world. Um, you know, they could just, it could almost be like the TV shows where they also hinted with stuff with the newspapers and the Avengers, but like, that's as far as it goes. You know, right. they can they can find an excuse or they could just not talk about it and like you said, be an Easter egg. Right. But I, what well, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say my, my thing with the Spider-Man part of you know, since Venom was, you know, they were both trying to explore this being kind of like a hero at the end of the movie, in a sense. Maybe him watching TV, seeing about Spider-Man or something, kind of getting inspired and like, you know, hey, we can do our own form of justice and like, you know, kind of don their own spider in a sense. You know, yeah, it's not going to match, but nothing really matches the comics at this point. So I was thinking that could be a cool way to kind of just make the character flesh out a little bit because visually it's just it's just a blank canvas you know the veins don't do anything yeah it looks like i and i said it when the movie came out it seemed it seems like a very 90s late 90s early 2000s superhero movie with the way the character designs are the format of the movie it felt like it would fall with the rainy spider-man and the original x-men movie like that kind of era doesn't feel like the mcu era and even that venom found a way to have it there you know, yeah. like as terrible well, as it was. It, it, it came from Spider-Man first, so. No, I know. I'm just saying in the sense of, you know, they were able to design it into the suit, you know. Yes. Yeah. You know, obviously I, he was just a toothpick, so that, that was the worst part of it. I, I don't think that they're going to tie them together. I would be, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think they are. The, the first Morbius uh, teaser, if you want to call it that, had a, spider-man in the background from the video game remember that and, and that was the same raimi costume also so unless that was just what people assumed was a placeholder that they would just cgi over or something i don't know there's, there's two movies that are somewhat connected to the raimi universe so maybe marvel had worked something out that said like well if tom holland is going to go through these multiverses maybe he gets stuck in the raimi verse and these other two movies take place there for a couple movies and then he somehow finds his way back. I don't know. I'm just spitballing right. ideas to have, and have their cake and eat it too and have Holland in both universes. Right. Because then how do you answer where are the other Spider-Men? Right. You know, especially yeah. if these guys are going to be in the movie or not, like his movie. Right. So I guess but this movie, so this movie comes out first, right. right? And then Spider-Man would come out in December. And then Morbius. And Morbius is the January. 
And Morbius also had Michael Keaton in the trailer. Right. So he should be closer tied to the MCU than even Venom is if Keaton is in the movie. Right? I mean, I really don't know. So many really just, just yeah, unless they're picking and everything. choosing who can be part of things. You know, probably because I remember they talking them talking about Venom, them MCU not really wanting their version of Venom in their world. You yeah, know? you want Morbius? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know, man. I, don't I guess know. there's it's more to see. Short. This yeah. This comes out in September, the end of September, so I'm sure we'll have more discussion on it leading up to the release. And uh, like Benny said, I'm not too sure if I would be rushing out. I'm not rushing out to the theater in general right now. Uh, doesn't There's nothing out, really, and theaters are reopening. It looks like a lot. As, as each episode goes by of us recording, it looks like more and more is getting back to normal. Hopefully that stays that way. But I still don't know if I'm going to rush back to the theater and some of the other bits of news here is a good segue is a reason why i don't really see a reason to so our next bit of news is disney did a bunch of uh little bits of announcing this is actually the rock announced himself because when you had the biggest fucking movie star in the world you want you want to use him to announce some stuff right and uh he said that i'm sure he's getting thrown extra money for this the jungle cruise movie which i believe was supposed to come out last summer i believe uh is actually coming out in theaters uh, July 30th and on Disney Plus premiere. So that will be a few weeks after Black Widow and it'll be uh, in theaters and Disney Plus. And I'm sure this movie will be just like Black Widow, will be great on the big screen. But if me and my wife are going to go see it, it's going to cost us at, at least $30 before food and everything else to go see it in the theater. I'd much rather pay the $30 and be able to watch it at home as much as I want or whatever, you know, like I watch it in the house. I could go in the backyard and hook up the projector, go in my pool and watch one of these movies. If I wanted to have, you know, people over. So I'm not really in a rush right now to go back to the movie theater, especially if they keep adding movies that looks like they're going to be on Disney plus even with premiere. That's a good point. And uh, I mean, it seems like that, you know, as we segue into the next part, coincidentally as well, you know, with Disney stating that they're also talking about having the shorter theatrical windows uh, for a couple of movies. One of them is a Marvel movie, uh, Shang-Chi. They're going to do 45 days um, along with their movie Free Guy with um, Ryan Reynolds. It's like, uh, like you mentioned, it's like a Grand Theft Auto like he's a NPC essentially in the game. Right. Like that starts real, gonna... starts becoming helpful and stuff like that when he's not in his programming or something based on right. a trailer. I remember from well over a year ago now, I don't even think the Fox deal was totally finalized when they released the right. trailer. For this. But what's interesting about this is uh, I, based on what I read, I didn't read a whole lot into this. This was announced during like an earnings call. It didn't say whether it was going to be premiere. Like, is that 45-day window which is just going to be on there? It might be. As far as I read it, it was 45 days that it would be available for streaming platforms. None of them were specified. So it could be Premiere or it could be other platforms where they're going to sell it. So the idea, like, what was the, I would say the usual window is 60 to 90 days, give or take, before the, before yeah. the pandemic. Uh, usually big blockbusters, at least 90 days. Right. So I think that shortened window is having it for 45 days because they don't want, 
I think Shang-Chi is going to be their first real test of the waters of not giving yeah. day and day on, uh, you know, Disney premium. So, Which could yeah. still change by the time the movie of comes course. out based on these other, uh, this Cruella DeVille movie comes out in a couple of weeks and that will be on premiere as well. And, and I, I have no real interest in it, but it's getting very good reviews. So that may change by the time it actually comes out and there's nothing else to watch. Right. No, it's a good I'm point. intrigued. I'm intrigued to see if this is if that means that Shang Chi will be on Disney Plus in 45 days after without paying anything extra. That's that's huge for Disney Plus. Right. I'm thinking Premiere may be the first thing that they do, and then you know let other outlets sell it as well. So like, yeah, yeah I don't know if if other outlets are selling it, I'd probably rather go with like an iTunes or Vudu to own it right. that way. Right. But uh. I know Paramount Plus is doing the same window of 45 days. They actually announced, uh, I think in between the last this show and the last show, that A Quiet Place, which is coming out at the end of this month also, A Quiet Place 2, is going to have that 45-day window. If you have Paramount Plus, you'll be able to watch it on there, no additional cost. Right. And it seems like Disney's the only platform that's doing that, that extra premium you know, for a movie like that, where if... You know, HBO Max or Paramount Plus right. do that. Right. You get it day in, day out. Like with like you said, uh, no fee, like uh, Godzilla and Kong. Same right. Thing. Right. I, I think Disney Disney has the power to do this because of their high profile movies. I thought HBO would see better numbers with their films that have come out so far. And it doesn't look like they're getting a whole lot of subscribers based on this. So it's either their messaging is poor, they're not getting the general public to, to see it but there's some there's got to be some disconnect because disney plus has over 100 million subscribers in a year and a half and i think hbo max has a fraction of that in a, a just about a year not even i don't even I think maybe 30 or 40 million i could be wrong but still not even close to where disney is and that, they have they have a lot of original content they have been putting out a new brand new movie day and date no extra charge every single month i'm kind of surprised that they have I mean- the one thing I haven't checked, I don't know if you have, like, are any of these movies doing well in the ratings overall? Like, I've never really looked into that. Obviously, we've discussed, like, a movie two here and there that we've watched, but, you know, it makes you wonder, like, yeah, they might have all that content, but are these movies that are selling subscriptions? I don't know about that. That's, you know, that's, that's what point. I think, yeah. There is some charting out there. I don't know how much they release, but there was some charting of, like, which of these movies, how many views they would get in the first weekend or something like that. And Mortal Kombat was actually the highest of the movies for this year. More than Kong vs. Godzilla, more than the Snyder Cut. You know, I, I believe that, believe it or not. You know, I think the gaming world is it's on another level and it has been for a while. You know, obviously we yeah. don't discuss games I mean, and stuff, but... Those numbers were still nowhere near like Disney Plus numbers. No, of but, course. So I pulled it up real quick. I was, I was close. So it's 40, they have 44... Uh, 0.2 million subscribers right now, currently. So they have about a third of what Disney has. Okay, a little less, a uh, little more, a little uh, closer to half, I guess, than Disney because Disney is over a hundred million. I just, I feel like Disney having the Marvel stuff was a big part of it, and the Mandalorian, the way that that blew up. You know, I think that was a big. Big force. You know, obviously, I think that 
two different monsters, you know, realistically when comparing, you know, HBO and Warner Brothers, let's just say like to Disney. Yeah. So well, wider and, spectrum and, of content too. Yeah. And HBO is also a more expensive subscription right. per month. Right. But I'm I'm still surprised they're not driving more uh, subscriptions. For yeah. Jungle Cruise, I know you're not huge into the theme parks as big as, as I am, but are you even look, anticipating that movie? We didn't really discuss. No? I don't even no think interest. I've been on the ride, to be honest. Oh, the ride is so great. Yeah. So I great. I mean, I'll preface that. I'm getting into a little Disney talk here. Uh, it really depends on who who's your captain on the ship, on the boat, on the Jungle Cruise. Pretty much like like you like when Jaws was around. You know, the, the people uh, that the people that run the ride are really going to help with the experience. They they make the experience on Jungle Cruise because you don't have a shark like like the Jaws ride, but they their jokes and everything really make the ride. And it could be it could be uh, uh, over the top cheesy jokes. It could be really dry sarcastic jokes. They have a repertoire of jokes that you don't hear the same joke every time. Uh, a lot of the what, what what you would call cancel culture and what woke is changing that so that ride may not be as good as it once was i know they're changing some stuff on the ride and that may involve the the captains and the changing dialogue as well so got it as of my last few times there i it's one of my favorites it was even great to go i went to hong kong and heard it in uh their english version of the ride and then trying to crack jokes that were just terrible because oh there's those things that are lost in translation. Right. But, you know, and but, you would uh, think I'm, that wouldn't be the case with Disney, but yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And the rock is the rock. So, and, and that's, that's a magic kingdom, right? Is that like we're yes. uh, going towards pirates, right? Correct. Okay. So right I know I've there. seen it. I know I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the last couple of times we were there, it was closed most likely. Because it's not something that I would just actively avoid. It was either like either really long lines or something. And the haunted the haunted mansion is right over there too, right? It's like well, in between. Not, not quite. No, but no, no. Okay. <laughs> All right, we can we can discuss for later. <laughs> yeah. And uh, last bit of Disney, switched around these news topics a little bit. Is I just saw before we came on that what if the next Marvel show follow after Loki will be coming out in August. I don't think there was an exact date. No. But and obviously, funny. based off of the What If comics, the, this is not canon to anything. These are just speculative Side stories. stories. And, yeah. yeah, Elseworld, like DC would do, where well, what if this character was this character? Or what if Iron Man never got the test, uh, the, I don't know, his fucking... Dark reactor. Reactor, he wasn't, right. yeah, never made it out of the cave and yeah <laughs> stuff like that black yeah, panther I mean, was star lord or like crazy stuff like that yeah and i think that's one of the they're exploring it's like uh if quill wasn't picked up for the uh the guardians and instead it was t'challa right so t'challa becomes star lord and uh Peggy Carter becomes Captain Britain instead of Captain America with Steve Rogers. yeah so they're interesting stories yeah. and i think they got most of the original cast to be all the right. voice actors for it, which makes it great, especially if the, the rumor is that Chadwick Boseman that's what I heard dialogue too. for right. it. Exactly. So that would be his last, allegedly his last Black Panther role if he doesn't show up elsewhere somehow. Right. Oh. And the last, bit, the last bit of news 
is some Knives Out casting for Knives Out 2. These seem to have been dropping like every day. So by the time this episode drops Monday morning, there may be even more casting. But this is some pretty pretty good casting right now. Uh, Janelle Monet, I don't really know. She's in hit the moving hidden figures, so she may be a very good actress. I don't really know her. The other three, I'm obviously much more familiar with. The other three are Batista, Big Dave, Ed Norton, who I don't even remember what's the last movie he was in. In Hulk. <laughs> but we got all these are all Marvel characters, and then yep. it's Agatha, yep. Catherine Hahn. Yeah, she did it all along. I mean, there has to be some sort of joke in there, right? Ryan Johnson might put a joke in there for that. But this is a pretty big casting. Uh, Batista, Ed Norton, Catherine Hahn. I mean, I, I was anticipating it just knowing that they were going to do a similar style story to the first one. And Daniel Craig is involved, obviously, again. So what do you think? I think it's cool. I mean, like, you know, I, I ended up really enjoying that movie based on your recommendation. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's it's done carefully. And like you said, it's a continuation, you know, different environment. And we don't have a lot of rehash, a lot of the same kind of feel and theme, which sometimes sequels can do that. You know, if they find certain magic that worked in the first time, hey, well, why don't we do it again? I think that, uh, you know, Daniel Craig did a great job, too. And yeah, I, it's it's a nice, unique cast. You know, I'm not a not a huge fan of Batista's acting. He's cool as Drax and stuff like that. And I know yes. that he's in uh, the Army of the Dead that's coming on Netflix soon. But uh, yeah, you know, and and Ed, Ed Norton's not bad from what I've seen in the past of him. So it's really going to be what you know. What's the plot gonna? How's that going to yeah. plan out? Is what's yeah. I don't think be? I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect Batista to be like the big big dialogue guy in the movie you know he's gonna be like the fucking the Bruce comic that release. he is right or the, comic, or the comic release yeah I mean Ed Norton could be he's versatile so right. he, he can get, he can give you the strong he could basically give you the Chris Evans performance from the first movie right you know he could be the dick he could be like oh he's now he's serious he could be that that but I feel Captain Han can too that's the best oh, part oh yeah yeah you and know? I'm sure there's gonna be more than just these people so uh, watch like them, watch the two of them are married like that <laughs> match in heaven right there <laughs> yeah so is there there's are they slating for what 2022 2023 for that again i don't know but i know that netflix paid a lot of money for uh sequel two sequels two and three they they rattled it off yeah. a lot of money they're filling their making, pockets making, making it rain that netflix money <laughs> you know morty should have really sold them on that heist movie yeah, so that's, uh, I think that's it for the news. You know, if you have anything else to add, and uh, we'll move on to the pick of the week. Oh, it's my thorn prick. It's been some time, my friend. So, yeah, I'm not going to go crazy and give you a movie that there's like a 80% chance that you'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> but I came across something on Netflix that I actually thoroughly enjoyed that, uh, didn't do any research on it's usually sometimes when I find some of my favorite movies. Um, but this movie uh, is called the Mitchells versus the robots. It's an animated movie that came out a couple of weeks ago on Netflix. And um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the animation. The animation is very, very unique. 
it has a little bit of like uh, the DreamWorks style, but I feel like there's a little almost like drawn aesthetic to it. And uh, the the family dynamic, it's pretty much about a, fa- uh, a, a young girl that's going to college. Um, it's very hip with current events with like, you know, uh, internet memes and, you know, just stuff that kids are into, you know, like making weird videos on YouTube and stuff like that. And she, that's what she is. She was always that weird kid. And she always, you know, made weird cartoons and stuff like that. And her and her father never connected. But then obviously she got older and she's trying to explore that with school and she gets accepted. And then uh, it almost like has little bits of reminiscence of like Goofy movie because like she's going to school and then the father decides he's going to drive her. So it's like, if you remember when Goofy goes to take Max, he's like, we're going to do a field trip instead. Same idea, but then stuff happens and robots basically take, try to take over the world. And this family has to like somehow survive and they end up being kind of like, you know, the unlikely heroes and, you know, nobody's got superpowers. It's nothing like that. The family doesn't get along, you know, it's, it's her, her little brother, mother, father, and they have like a weird dog, like a pug with the, his eyes are always looking the opposite way. And in the beginning of the movie, they have him always trying to focus They're like, all right, focus. And he's always trying to make his eyes like the dog's actually trying to look straight. And then they just always go sideways. It's silly, you know, but like I watched it and it just, it felt like a wholesome family movie, you know, for what it was, but it had some good jokes and nothing too over the top, you know, some cheesy stuff. And um, yeah, it really caught me by surprise. So I, if you have Netflix, it's on there. I think it was in the, it was like the number two of the week, like when I watched it and I, it's probably still in the top 10 I'm thinking. So there you go. So uh, spoiler warning, I planned on watching this prior to your picking it and it's on my, my net, I added it to my Netflix list. So you're, you don't have to worry about your 80% chance that I won't watch it because I am planning on watching this and you may have, you may have put it over the top. But cool. I, so, was probably, I, mean, I was probably going to watch it anyway. So, so it, it, it could be a good discussion for after you watch it. So stay yes. tuned. At least we'll follow up with you, you know, and uh, get your thoughts once you see it. I, I genuinely think that you'll like it because for a lot of reasons, you turn me on to animated movies when you tell me how you feel about them. Like when we have those deep, serious, you know, like, oh, like I love to find any, like you sold me on Coco. Coco, I just never really had interest. And you just, you sold me on it. You told me how you felt about the movie. And when I went in, heart and soul, love that movie for a lot of reasons. And you, you, you nailed it. So I'm hoping. I don't recall selling you on it, but I'm glad I did. (laughs) No, I totally did, man. Because I was like, you know, yeah, you know, I said it came up on something and you were like, oh, you haven't seen it. And you were like, oh, yeah. You were like, it's, it's really good, you know? And I was like, all right. It, It is. It is very good. And yeah. uh, and I wasn't expecting it to be very good, right? But and, I, and that I, was where it, my head was. I didn't do enough research before. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, it's another animated movie, you know. And I haven't well, seen it, them all still. Uh, the this the Mitchells versus the Robots is uh, Lord and Miller, who who uh, did the Spider Verse and Lego Movie, and most of the uh, Solo Movie also. So, right there. They're good top hands. tier guys right now. Yeah. yeah. In good hands. So that's good. 
Coolio. So yeah, we will uh, follow up with you and maybe we'll have another discussion on it in a future episode. Yeah, I mean, potentially. We'll see if it, uh, I throw it into what we're, what we're watching segment. Uh, so last week with Joe, I think, I'm pretty sure I briefly mentioned In the Search of Darkness. I'm pretty sure I did. It's a little blur, but I'm pretty sure I did. And I said we're going to kind of hold off on diving into it because uh, Benny wasn't here. Joe wasn't big into, isn't big into horror. So we kind of pushed that off. I did start, I didn't put it on the show notes here. I did start the action hero one that's similar to In the Search of Darkness. If you don't know, In the Search of Darkness is uh, about 80s horror movies. Goes through each year of the 80s and it has people from the movies and just people, icons from the genre talking about movies. So there's two four plus hour long documentaries. But the team that made that also had made a action hero one. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's not as good. It doesn't go year by year, more more so star by star, like Stallone. And I don't know if they touch back on people, but they've already talked about like Stallone and Schwarzenegger. And I'm probably 40 minutes into it. I think it's about two hours. Uh, and they're also making one based on one of our topics of 80s sci-fi. So In the Search of Tomorrow, which right. looks looks cool too. I think the Kickstarter or Indiegogo, whatever, is a little overpriced because I was looking to support them, but it was like 30 bucks for a digital copy. Right. And in this day and age, I think that's a little overpriced. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about In the Search of Darkness, I think, after. Uh, then I watched uh, Mythic Quest, which is back for a second season on uh, Apple Plus. I don't think, have you watched Mythic Quest? I watched one episode. Didn't really do anything no, for me. Didn't, didn't like it. Yeah. I, I, I happen to really like it. It's got Mac from Always Sunny on it. And uh, Rickety Cricket also from Always Sunny for our Always Sunny fans. It's, it's it's a cool show, I think, for especially for I didn't think they would be as raunchy as they are on Apple Plus because there was like a lot of speculation that Apple wasn't allowing rated R content in that. And this show, I mean, it's not like it's not South Park, but it, right. it, it it's a it's more it's risque than I. Yeah, it's got yeah. and it's got cursing in it. So uh, it's about a, a a video game developer team. So this is where I kind of thought you'd be interested in it. And Ubisoft does a lot of the uh, cinematics and stuff for the show. And they're developing, in the first season, they're developing an expansion that has to come out by a certain date. The second season just started. I watched the first two episodes. Third episode dropped today. As we're recording, I haven't watched it yet. But they're going to release another expansion. And so far, so good. I I like it. Uh, I'll continue to watch it especially since there's really not a whole lot of anything new on TV right now. But the last thing I was, I've been watching other than reruns of other shows, this kind of falls in line with a rerun of another show, kind of, sort of. So what the office has done is not the office, but Peacock and NBC universal is they put out extended cuts of the office episodes and they're calling them super fan episodes. So they put the deleted scenes into the episodes themselves. And they had season three up there with this. And now they just added season one. So now one and three are up there in these super fan. And some of these episodes, we're not talking like a minute or two. We're talking like 15 minutes longer on a show that's only like 20 minutes long in the first place. So you're almost doubling the runtime of some of these episodes. So it's cool for a show that is super popular as The Office to get like 
a whole new life where you're seeing other storylines that didn't exist in the show and they they make them fit in there to make it seem like that's the way the show was you know that's cool Uh, very very unique yeah but well that's where i have a problem because fans super fan episodes fans have already done this they did the whole series and they're up on torn spots and stuff like that so i don't know how close these versions are to the ones that fans actually did themselves if they're just straight ripping off the fan version if they are why haven't they put more than two two seasons up season one is is already short i think season one's like six episodes so like they've had peacock the peacock has had the office since it left netflix in january they could have loaded up the whole the whole series on there by now unless they're editing and making it look pretty to blend in which is possible right Right, and I've downloaded some of those super episodes, the the ones that fans actually made, and uh, I haven't watched them to see how well they interlace. But the, P- the ones on Peacock, they're perfect. Like everything, yeah. If you never watched the show before, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I mean, as someone that's watched that show countless times, I know all storylines not in there, and that scene's not in the original. But if you never watched it, and I would recommend watching it this way, just. If you've never seen it before, it's cool to get a different perspective and a little bit more of the story of what's going on. So that's it for me, for what I was watching. What about you? All right. I mean, well, since I wasn't, you know, on last week, uh, there was definitely a little bit more. Yeah. So um, I've spoken in the past about a show on HBO Max called Infinity Train. I uh, finally got through chapter four, which is the essentially the final season that they're making. Um, I enjoyed it. It's uh, different characters, so it's it wasn't bringing back any characters from previous seasons. Um, you know, new characters enter the train, go through their whole life thing. And this time, it was a little unique because usually it's one person enters the train, they get a, a number embedded on their hand. The goal is they need to get that number to zero to be able to leave the train. They don't know how they do that, and that's part of the exploration of the episodes. Um, with this one, there's two friends that were like really, really close. Um, they were like doing music together and stuff like that. And they went to do a gig and they had a falling out. They didn't talk for years. Then they bumped into each other where one of them was working in a diner. The, the main one that stayed a musician was, was like a goof off. And he kind of like took his keys and ran off to try to like, you know, just somewhat find a way to bond with him. And they both like he runs onto a train and they somehow both get on the train at the same time. They both get the same number, which is apparently never happened on the train. So that's like the, the big focus of the, of the season. The episodes are really short, um, usually eight to 10 minutes each, not long at all. So I enjoyed it. I, I definitely feel that episode, uh, season one is my favorite, but it was a good way to kind of close the series. Um, you know, some existing characters that are part of the train make, um, you know, some scenes in there, but it's for the most part, it's a lot of newer because they don't like, the, they don't rehash the the different trains, like each train's a different world. So obviously you want to keep that stuff original. So um, I finished Invincible, the, the season finale. I don't know if you've continued going back into it. I figured you were done with that. Um, I want to, I still want to, I, I need to, but I, I, I don't know. I just haven't been in the mindset for it uh, to pay attention to it. I've just been like the stuff I've been watching is stuff I can kind of just throw on in the background. Right. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's funny because I feel like there's a lot of superhero content. You know, obviously, uh, you know, that's not Marvel, but like stuff that hasn't really drawn me in was like uh, the Amazon show. Like, uh, I forget the name of it. The, the, the Boys. Boys. I watched season one. I, I tried season two. I, I, I feel like I will eventually get to it, but it didn't draw me in. And now uh, Netflix has their show. Uh, what is it? Jupiter's Ju- something. Jupiter something. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Ascending or something, right? I don't know. Yeah, some nonsense. That's a movie, I think. Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, it's the I, I forget who's in that movie. It's probably not a good movie either. No. <laughs> I tried watching like the first episode. I couldn't get more than twenty minutes, and I'm like, it's it's a lot of drama. It wasn't, you know, yeah, they have powers and stuff like that, but whatever. So, um. Invincible's different. I don't know. Like, I know that there's so much cliche stuff with it. I don't know if it's the gore. I don't know if it's like, you know, I know a little bit about the comic prior. So I wanted to kind of see if they followed what I knew. Um, Looks like for the most part, it's pretty accurate to the comic, actually, from what I know. Um, I like, I like, there was a big twist towards the end. So we won't go into that. But um, one part has become... An internet meme it's gone viral it's a big thing that gets kind of uh rehashed with like other characters from other franchises um so that you know definitely made a big impact for people that are a fan of it um i enjoyed it it looks like it was renewed for two more seasons so i'm sure you know that that'll come down the line i mean the kid it's takes a short a- season though right how many episodes is it like ten, seven, six? ten episodes. oh it's that many I, I, I have a lot to watch. <laughs> I want to say ten, maybe, maybe eight, but yeah, it was it it was it ended where I thought it was going to end. So um, I enjoyed it, but uh, it's eight, eight episodes. Eight episodes. Okay, yeah. I'm to the fifth, so I'm halfway through this this season. Yeah. You're getting there. You'll get there. Don't worry. Someday. Uh, In the search of darkness, as Paul mentioned, uh, part two. Same thing with me. I watched one. A while back um they are actually working on part three crazy enough so another four hours uh <laughs> we'll see when that's you know potentially going to come out i love i love watching that so maybe you know maybe paul if we have time we can discuss that later since we both watched it um the mitchells and the robots was something that i watched recently so that was there and then uh another show that i've talked about in the past todd and the book of pure evil on shutter Finally got through the rest of season two and uh, found out that the show got canceled. I mean, it's an old show, I think uh, 2016, I want to say. And then I just did more research to see, you know, if they planned on, you know, how shows when they get canceled, sometimes they don't get the ability to end them the way they want. So it looks like they ended up doing a crowdfund for it and they ended up raising some money. And what they did was they made enough to make an animated movie. Uh, to kind of finish the story. So they have like a movie that's out there that you can buy digitally, which I didn't pick up yet. And it's supposed to kind of finish the story because it kind of, it doesn't leave you on a cliffhanger, but it leaves you of like, you know, if you care enough, you know, about some of the characters, like, uh, okay, you know, this could be explored. It's not really the end kind of thing. So uh, that's pretty much it. I, I like it. It's a cheesy show. Like I've told you, um, some shows that's a perfect show that you can try to put on and do stuff, you know, like I don't, I didn't pay attention to every single episode, but there's not, 
always something that connects. It's really the themes, you know, the, the book does something wacky in every episode, you know, it makes the whole world weird. Like they, they went the video game route, like the whole school turned into a game, like world of Warcraft, you know, that type of stuff. So that that's it for my, uh, what I was watching. You skipped something. I did not. Oh, I did. (laughs) The parentheses threw me off. So, uh, this is a show. The that only pulls. one I actually, the only one yeah. thing I actually yeah. cared about what you're watching and talk about. <laughs> I know. Is the thing you skipped. That's how, uh, that's how much you like it, obviously. Oh, uh, and that's going to disappoint him. So, you know, for those that don't see, obviously, which is everybody but me, he definitely face palmed and he's face palmed emoji me plenty of times. That's the first real life one I've had in a long time. But uh, this is a show that's near and dear to Paul's heart. And uh, I apologize, but. Yeah, it's uh, the show Them uh, from Amazon Prime. I've gotten through the first three episodes. He's insisting I need to chuck through. I have not gotten back that to was, it. That was weeks ago now, so I don't it think was. he's going back to it. I, th- I think I will. I just, it's, again, it it's it's one of those shows, like he, Paul's famous words, slow burn. Um, it's really slow. It's really uncomfortable, as he's also said. Um, it's not bad. It's just not, it's not making me really want to know what's happening because I feel like there's too much going on that we're not talking about, if, if that makes sense. I just feel like one issue is like the focus point, but there's like five other things going on at the same time. And it's like, should I be worrying about everything else that's going on or just this, you know? And by the time the episode's over, it's like, all right, we got 20 minutes. It's almost like that show 24, you know, like every episode's an hour of the day. And then I know every episode's supposed to be like a day, right? I, I, let me let me pitch you. The show's been out, uh, I got to be close Sell to it. a month now, right? Sell yeah. It. Sell so it. the show's been out close to a month. So minor, 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 minor spoilers for this show. If I told you everything gets wrapped up by the last episode, Nearly everything that's going on ends up connecting one way or another. Uh, and a character that you have yet to see, one of the episodes of the show is an independent episode teaching you about a character that is in black and white, ultra creepy, takes place in the past. The whole episode is this one story. And it gives you a deeper dive into a character. Does that does that sell you anything more on on the potential show? But is that going to be like episode nine? <laughs> it, it is episode nine. Christ Almighty! <laughs> but you I, haven't I, even seen the character yet, so that's where I, it's like I get you. I get you. Because like you I see said, this character, and you'd be like, "What is 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 this character real?" Is it a, a figment of the person's imagination? What is this even going on with this? I think everything that goes on, almost everything is fully wrapped up and you get a, a closure. To nice it. There's package. no real mystery left because this is an anthology show. So the next season is not going to follow these characters around. Right. right. So they, they wrap everything up with a bow and kind of be like, all right, well, this is what happens to the neighbor across the street. This is what happens to, to this guy. This is what happens to the family. It's, you know, like. So you know what it is. I think for me, realistically, the fact that it's a longer show makes yeah. it a little harder too. Because 
sometimes my attention to detail when it comes to, like if it was like twenty five slower show. Yeah, if you broke it up and if you doubled that, probably be different. You, you didn't make it. You have to make it to Cat in the Bag. You make it to Cat in the Bag, and if you're ready to give up on that, Cat in the Bag, Cat in the Bag. If you, I already don't like it, it just based on that name. It, trust me. <laughs> if you make it to the the episode that features Cat in the Bag, and you say, you know what, at this point, still, it's still not for me. Then that's uh, you have my approval for you don't bother watching anymore. And then you just won't be my friend anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, there'll be there's <laughs> other reasons for that too. So true story. You true can't story. not just them. <laughs> it's us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, would, I, I will I, make I, the I like to see you at least episode watch five. I think I think the cat in the bag episode is episode five. Yeah, I think so. So the goal is so. to get to episode five by the next time we speak for a regular formatted show. <laughs> discuss <laughs> right. Format. So you might have a few weeks still. Mm. And I'm still not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Thanks. <laughs> I got to put up a shut up. That's really what it comes down to. I No, I don't want to force you through a show that is nearly, <laughs> it's nearly an hour an episode. And I mean, some of them, they're not all that long. They're like probably between 40 and 50 minutes an episode. Right. right. But I, I don't know. There was something about it. And I know some other people that have pushed through the whole thing, and I don't think it's for everybody. It's definitely not. Right. I mean, no, I, maybe I we that. just both had different expectations. Well, I, I, don't, I didn't I don't have any because I didn't know what it was about. You know what I mean? But it yeah. being unnerving on the sense of the context, I agree with you on that. And I tend to not want to watch that stuff, you know, because sometimes it, yeah. it's a little too real for me. And, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm t- I, I trust that, you know, I should see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it's just, it's grueling in certain points. Because one, another thing is like, I'm shot by the end of the day. When I'm watching stuff like that, I'm hoping that it draws my attention. And I'm just like, this, this freaking family's got it rough, man. <laughs> like, that's that's what's going on in my head. I'm like, I feel yeah. hard, like somebody just needs to come in with a shotgun and just Let's just move on with our lives, you know. And she had the right idea right at the beginning. We won't go into detail, but you know, like that's what I would do. <laughs> you know? But yeah, all right. So we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely revisit that again. No worries. So, so that leaves us with roll the end credits. <laughs> I mean, we have we have some time. Yeah. Talk about it in the search of darkness if you like. I'm pretending that there's like credits rolling of like the one person that runs the show, <laughs> your name a hundred times on the screen, <laughs> and then it's just like the one guy that's on the show. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I and I like you. Sometimes I forget some stuff we've done on the show. I feel like we've spoken a little bit about the show. I think I think you brought it up on the show right brought previously to me watching it by a previous by a lot a lot for me to watch it before we dive into it i forgot something i was watching and i think what i was doing i pulled up shutter again not a sponsor of the show uh one last wink wink just, just to see if uh there was any movies in there that i, I looked at based on uh search of darkness 
and these movies I spoke about during the show with Joe last week. But I we did watch actually another movie on Shutter, which is called Scream Queen: My Nightmare on Elm Street. It's about uh, Mark Patton, who who is the lead in Nightmare on Elm Street Two, and his uh, <laughs> his his iconic performance in that movie as uh, basically like a coming out sort of movie about sexuality and this and that. And uh, I thought the mo- the documentary would be more about the movie making than him and the culture itself. And that was not the case. The movie was fine. I, I enjoyed it for what it's worth. And that is my least favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. But I get a lot of the things. And I mean, that movie essentially killed this guy's career. They talk a lot about him coming up uh, as, as a gay man and uh, he has HIV and the AIDS epidemic during the 80s. So it's a heavy movie, not quite what I was expecting, but I thought it was good. You, you watched it before, right? Yeah. I mean, again, like I don't know, I don't remember much of the movie in itself, but obviously the documentary doesn't explore a lot of what you would expect in a documentary about a movie. Um, it's more about the culture around, you know, that time of the filming of the movie, what that actor went through, what his fan base has become, you know, how dedicated his fans are, um, and essentially the cult following that that movie has had, you know, since. It has become, really. Right. And they're saying, they say, basically, following Never, Never Sleep Again, which was a Nightmare on Elm Street documentary, when they tracked him down he was living in mexico for years like off the grid didn't know anything and didn't know that the, you know as far as he r- r- realized the movie was a bomb and everyone hated it and by the time they went out and they hired like a private investigator to find him and find him in mexico and now he's uh you know touring uh, not during covid but touring going to fan fests and being back in the spotlight for this movie for that role. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely heartfelt and you know, a lot of people can relate to it, but I mean, I watched it more to see, you know, to get maybe a little education on the movie to see if it would sell me on watching the movie again. And it didn't, unfortunately. Right. So that was the hope, you know, (laughs) <laughs> all right well side side story over we'll go back, back to in the search uh in the search of darkness dlc <laughs> uninstalled <laughs> so i mean yeah this is it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff to watch as we mentioned it's four hours in each and obviously i'm pretty sure both of us have not done marathon runs and watched either one in one succession but it's an enjoyable experience and it's over four hours each of them. It's probably close to nine when you combine both Fair of enough. them. Yeah. I just remember that like that four hour number in my head. So it's like yeah. you know, it's because I feel like the like you said, the 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 Freddy one is like that long too, and the Jason one are also, you know, the ones that were not made by the same company but prior. But uh I do like that they explore by the year, like we talked about. Um I agree. I, I that's what really hooks me in. I, I like that they do year by year and you'd be like, all right, I'll just stop when the next, I'll stop at, you know, 85 and pick back right. up. And then sometimes they'll pick a theme 
you know, something, a topic of discussion, whether it be practical effects or um, the sex and the nudity aspect, you know, of yeah. the movies and the just the overall gore, you know, and then sometimes it was like, you know, they talked about a lot of the the concepts of when something hit well, everybody mimicked it. Like that was a big theme of the 80s horror. Like, oh my God, we got a slasher. Everybody's going to make a slasher now. Right. And that's where, that's where a lot of this content comes from. So there's tons of movies, tons that I never heard of, you know, and I, I'm not going to say I'm the, the be all of horror, but I feel like I watched a lot of horror just like you. And I was pleasantly just surprised to find a lot of stuff that, you know, even piqued my interest, you know, after seeing some stuff. Right. I know that same with you, you ended up actually going and watching a couple of movies uh, from from watching them on the show. You know, like I think you mentioned you watched Chopping Mall, right? Yep. So Chopping Mall. Well, I, I said Chopping Mall, but I did. Chopping I, Mall. I, I, chopping, chopping, chopping Mall. Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall. So. Chopping Mall, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Sleepaway Camp were the three that I watched from the first that I've never seen before. Right. And funny enough, we've we've obviously spoken about uh, Sleepaway Camp prior to that. It's, it's a movie that I like. So, you know, it was interesting, your take on, you know, your thoughts on that movie. And like I've always said, it's not an everyone kind of horror movie, but I feel like it's it's its own, you know, thing. Like a lot of people felt it was like, typical camp slasher you know like a jason mock you know and it, it obviously it's its own thing but um yeah I, I really i liked seeing also movies that we do know and then we like and learning more about them you yeah know, that, that's a big big seller for me like oh i didn't know that that's what they did with the practical effects and maybe that's how something was made or you know obviously kane hotter you know i've watched his documentary i know a lot about him he talks about, you know, his burn scenes and stuff like that as Jason. So it's cool to kind of get a rehash on some of that too. But what yeah, are some I, of your I, favorites? I enjoyed both of them greatly. I do have a problem with them making a third one because I feel like the second one was already a stretch. And I said it to you uh, at some point, I think the movie was called Cellar Dwellers. And the actor from it was like, Really? We're going to talk about Cellar Dwellers. Like, this is like a movie no one's heard of. And I don't even think you could equate it to a, a cult movie. Just like, I don't know. It just seems like there's a stretch. And they just started doing extra movies that they had the actors there for. A lot right. of these actors that carried over uh, from that one filmmaker, which is the guy who did Reanimator, Stuart Gordon or something, I think his right. name is. And like they basically just do all of his movies. So like any that movie that sense. he was associated with, they they have in there. So I felt like two was a stretch. I mean, there's still great movies in in the second the second one, right? But I feel like the third one is going to be even more a stretch. And it also started to feel like this is just a an infomercial for Shutter. Like oh look at like 80 percent of these movies are available on Shutter to watch. And the right. first volume is very similar to that also, but it just felt to me like it's like an infomercial for these movies that no one really gives a shit about, but Shudder has a license for them, so you can watch them on Shudder. Well, funny enough, I think it's it's a funny, it's good that you mentioned that, but also, you know, I think it's really, it's purely coincidental and more of an opportunity for Shudder to take advantage of that in the sense of this was made 
with like fan money. This was this was Indiegogo, both of them. So these yeah. were not these were not originally part of Shutter. Um, Shitter, yeah. Shutter, I still think Shitter. I still think they kicked <laughs> money. In. Shitter. Shitter. Shitter, you know, it's it's a decent service. If they were our sponsors, we wouldn't call them Shitter. But... Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I don't know what came over me. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they definitely picked up, you know, the rights for more recently. I because the first one it was. Well, I think after the fact, because like I said, these were these were released through the the crowd funds digitally only. Yeah, but they weren't available. Couldn't anymore. they have? Couldn't they have contributed still? I guess they could have in the back end, but again, yeah. when it was launched, it was not released. But I, you no, know, I, I have that. to see. I get that. Again, no defense. Obviously, we're not we're yeah. not sponsors of Shutter. We're going to say that that's to be the name of the episode. We're not sponsored. <laughs> we're not sponsored. That's the name of the episode. But uh, I, I see that point, but I also think that that's smart because when you're watching something, if you want to oh, no. have access, you know, especially in a world, not, of, yeah, no, of I'm licensing. not, I'm not, I'm not slamming it. I, I just but think yeah, that they poor taste and poor choice in some movies. Yeah, well, I, like I said, two might be the cap off for that. You know, like they're making a third one now. Like the well, well is getting much, much lower because they, they you're hitting you're hitting all the best movies in volume one. And if you're not in volume one, you're doing it in volume two. Right. I mean, right. Well, if you look at the name, it's obviously in search of darkness. So it's not, it's not a best and worst of, but I think that from what I've read of what they're doing with three, they're focusing on more specific topics more than movies themselves. Right. So what I might be is they might've had a lot of content that hasn't been used yet. Yes. And two seems like that even even two seemed like because I know there's a couple interviews in two uh, with a director that had passed away, and one was like dedicated to him. So that interview had to be pre-recorded, obviously. If one was dedicated to him, and he's still in two, uh, I lost my train of thought. But what I was gonna say, uh, two had Beetlejuice as a horror movie. I mean, but a lot of you know, a lot of sites consider it a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like, I think the problem is our expectation of horror is 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 different for a lot of people. I would say it's not sci-fi. It's you know what I mean. Like, I don't you know it's it's I think it's, it's closer it's to a, a comedic it's, sci-fi. Than but I feel like it's you know because of the monsters and the practical effects, it's more on that eerie. Like as a kid, it was it was a bit shocking to me. I wasn't scared of it. Like the sand yeah, monster was a bit a bit much for me as a That's kid. That's more sci-fi to me. I, I I mean you know there's no blood I have, and I have, water, so yeah I have no problems with I don't think any other movie in either volume but when they said Beetlejuice I'm like I don't think that's that belongs in this show I I just don't think so fair enough I and mean, Gremlins it's also one of your favorite movie so yeah I get yes that. and Gremlins was in the first volume and I said well you know what they, they they can make an argument for Gremlins being a horror movie Beetlejuice I I I don't see it right okay fair enough. So and I mean Gremlins. What Gremlins interested me is the director talked about how much extra stuff they had shot for it, yeah. and how much darker and more. You know, like I want to see that really version, of, right? That version of Gremlins, you know. But Spielberg was attached to it, so they got up. They have to uh, Spielbergify it, of course. And that's what but also. also it's not really a horror movie in the end of the day, you know. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll still go. I'm still gonna watch the third one, obviously, and I'm more. I'm very interested in 
in the search of tomorrow because as we've discussed on our simply the best we both love 80s sci-fi movies so they're really right we ask with the horror and the sci-fi agreed i mean you know i'm uh i ain't gonna speak too much on it but you know, i'm hoping to somehow you know get involved with that uh that new documentary so we'll see that could be worthwhile and maybe give you more of a reason to take a watch to it <laughs> wink 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 poke poke woke, woke. on woke? shitter make sure you use promo code shitter on shutter for a free two day trial shitter two <laughs> number two trial but I think that's it unless you have anything more to add Mr. Rose no it's good to be back special shout out to the doctor himself thank you for filling in my grave while I was gone I uh, hope you didn't get too comfortable because uh, I'm here. I'm laying here. My weight is not going anywhere. It's pretty hefty. But you are welcome on the show anytime, baby. <laughs> Joe is spitballing ideas for other episodes, and he uh, really wants to be involved in the MCU best and worst or simply whatever we decide, simply the best or best and worst for the MCU movies. So that might have to be a, a supersized episode with three. We have a triple threat match of uh, hosts on the, on the episode there. I could do this all day. <laughs> on your left. All right, guys, take care. We'll see you guys next time. And uh, shooter. Bang, bang. Bang.